0: What's going on, guys? You're listening to Moonlight Madness on Weagle 91.1 from 7 to 8 p.m. every Thursday. I'm Jacob Goins, and over the next hour, I'll be discussing the hottest topics in sports around the country and around Auburn Athletics. Follow me on Twitter at Goins2Jacob, that's G-O-I-N-S, the number two, Jacob, for all show updates and other sporting news. Let's get into the show. What's going on, guys? Welcome into Moonlight Madness here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I'm your host, Jacob Goins, and it feels really good to be back live this week. Of course, last week we were not live due to a soccer broadcast, and so it was recorded as a podcast, as it is every week. But we are live yet again this week, and we should be live for the next few weeks coming up. So it feels good to be back in studio. Feels good to be talking some sports again. I'm just by myself tonight, no guests this week. So Back to back to the OG days, so just me in here tonight, but we got a lot to talk about, so let's jump into it. Uh, a couple announcements, as I said, should be back live every Thursday from 7 to 8 for the rest of the semester. I do not believe there's any more broadcasts on Thursday nights during this time, so we should be good to go uh, to do live shows every week on Thursday from 7 to 8, but of course it will be recorded and uploaded to Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Google Podcast, Transistor, wherever you get your podcasts, it should be there. And also, just another announcement, tomorrow night here on WGL, there is a volleyball broadcast as Auburn is hosting LSU over in Auburn Arena. That will be at 6 o'clock. The show will start at 545. It will be me and Aiden Kowalski on the call. So if you are not in Auburn and can't get to Auburn Arena, you can listen to Auburn Volleyball right here on WGL 91.1 FM. So with that, we will jump into the big three. So starting with number one. This should be the last week we talk about it, but it's baseball. The World Series, we're right in the heart of it right now. It started on Tuesday night with the first two games being in Houston. So it's the Astros versus the Braves, as everybody I'm sure knows. So the first two games are in Houston. Then the next three games will be in Atlanta. And then the final two games, if necessary, will be in Houston. So they've switched it up. It's now the 2-3-2 series compared to what it used to be where it would be two games. If, if you're taking the Braves, for example, they would play two games on the road, two games at home, a game on the road, a game at home, and a game on the road. The 2-2-1-1-1. But now they've got it to where it's the 2-3-2. And so the Braves are coming home this weekend. The series is tied at one the Braves winning game 1. They came out and lit it up with the bats. They just got it they got it working, they got it running and they did what they had to do. They took home you know, they took home field advantage away from the Astros, which is what you have to do as a road team. So now it's even. The Astros have no more home field advantage and they did what they had to do. They came out in game 1 and they just punched the Astros in the mouth, really. I mean, that's all they did. And they came out and got it done. And so, like I said, Tuesday night, the Braves won game one. They won that game six to two, out hitting the Astros 12 to 8. And they they came out and hit a home run on the very first swing of the World Series. And that kind of that kind of made a statement right there. And the Braves just had control all night and they won game one. But then I'm sure, as you know, last night, the Astros bounced back, they bounced back in a big way, and they won seven to two, out hitting the Braves nine to seven. And so now this series is tied at one, and it transitions back to Atlanta for three straight games, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night. And this is the first time that the Braves will be hosting a playoff game in 20-something years. So I think game three tomorrow night on Friday is going to be insane. I think the house is going to be rocking. It's going to be an incredible atmosphere. And I wanted to go so bad, but ticket prices are just out I mean, just they're just outrageous right now. They are triple and quadruple the price in Atlanta as they are in Houston. So they're going towards two and three thousand dollars just to get into the door. The cheapest ticket I was looking at was around fifteen hundred dollars or so for standing room only. So that's not even a seat, that's just to get in the door and find somewhere to stand for four hours. So I really wanted to go. I was really trying to pull something off, but going is just not an option as a college student. So we're going to watch it here in Auburn and just enjoy the series. But, man, so far it's it's been a wonderful series. Not a ton of drama. You know, both teams were able to win pretty easily in their respective games, the Braves in game one and the Astros in game two. And there's been a little bit of everything. There's been a good display of pitching, but then the hitting – It's just been phenomenal, and that's what we thought we'd see with these two squads, especially the Astros, who have always been a really good hitting team in this past five or six year span where they've gone to the World Series so many times. And then we've seen the Braves catch fire in the postseason and really get it done with the bat. So we've seen a lot of that so far. I think the series itself is just really entertaining. I think this thing could go seven games. I really do. I think if the Braves can just continue to hold on and do what they do best and just continue the hot streak they're on hitting the ball and do enough pitching, you know, do do enough pitching well, I guess. And if they can do that, they can win this series. I think the Braves are a confident team. I think it was Jock Peterson talking about before the series started, he said there's nothing more dangerous than a confident baseball team. And that's 100%. That's, that's 100% right. There's nothing more dangerous than a confident team rolling into the World Series like that. And the Braves were. They were not expected to be here. They were not even expected to be in the playoffs after the injuries, as we've talked about in weeks past. And here they are. They're tied 1-1 in the World Series with the Astros, and they're coming home for a three-game stretch. And so this is a huge stretch for the Braves. They have got to take two of three here at home, in my opinion. I mean, if they win all three, they win the World Series. I don't think that will happen but you've got to take 2 or 3 here at home against the Astros because then you have to go back to Houston and play two more games if it goes 7 games. So I'm not a huge fan of the 2-3-2. I used to be, and I kind of like it in basketball maybe a little bit more, but I don't know. It just seems it seems kind of lopsided just because you know, there's you only get 3 games at home if you're the the away team technically, but they're all three in a row. You don't get to go on the road and then come back for the break and come back home. You have to play all three of your games three nights in a row and then you're done. So, and the reason they do it is they limit travel. That's the reason they're doing it. And I understand that. I understand what the the goal is there. They only have to travel realistically twice. So it makes sense, but I think – if it's the 2 2 one, 1 1 scenario, I think it gives it, it evens it out just a little bit. But there's no doubt about it that having that three game stretch in a row at home in the World Series is a huge, huge factor. And now, like I said before, the Braves have taken home field advantage away from the Astros. They can really put this thing away at home this weekend. So. We'll see how it goes. The Braves and the Astros currently tied at one. I think, like I said, I think that that Atlanta's going to be insanely packed. I think it'll be sold out every single night. If people can afford that, then by all means, please go because it would be a dream come true. But, man, I just – I can't afford that. I don't know who else can, but I'm telling you what. It would be a lot of fun, and I think I think Atlanta will get it done in game three. I think – Probably Houston game four, and then Atlanta game five. I think it's going to go back and forth every game. I don't think a team wins two games in a row. I thought, as of right now, I like Atlanta in seven, but you never know. A team in this series, a team could get extremely hot and go on and win two and three in a row and put this thing away. Or we could see how we've seen so far in a flip-flop. We're only two games in. So we don't really know what kind of a trend we're going to have when it comes to the series, but I think it's going to be a fantastic series. I think it, it's got the potential to go seven games. I really do want it to go seven games because there's no better, no better words in sports than game seven. There's no better atmosphere than a game seven. So we're a long way from that, but this time next week, we will have a World Series champion. So I will talk about that a little bit next week. And then for all you non-baseball fans, I'll be done talking about it, I promise. But, and some other news with the Braves in the World Series. Pitcher Charlie Morton, man, he broke his fibula last night. During the game, he started game two, and he broke his fibula, and nobody knew it. And he went out and finished, he struck out three more batters after he Broke his fibula, which is in your leg, and so then they then they announced that he had you know he had broken his leg basically, and um just went out there and did it anyway. So then they had to replace him, and he's out for the series. Their starting pitcher out for this. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He started game one. Yeah, he was game one starter. Excuse me. And so, so yeah. So they found out that. He couldn't, he couldn't pitch. He broke his leg and went out there and did it anyway and struck out three or four more batters after he broke his leg. So he's got to get surgery. He's out for the series. And that's a huge hit for the Braves. That's my apologies. He started game one, not game two. The news broke yesterday before game two started. And so that's huge because the guy that the Braves threw out there game one like in the World Series broke his leg basically. And He's got to get surgeries out for the series. And if this thing goes five, six, or seven games, they're really going to miss him. And so that's a huge hit for the Braves. You won't see it until, like I said, game five or six, possibly seven. But if it goes that far, you're going to see the impact of not having Charlie Morton for the Braves. They did replace his spot today, his roster spot, with Tucker Davidson, who has a, a 3.0 ERA this season. So not a you know not a bad replacement but it's hard to replace your starting pitcher, your go-to guy. So we'll see how that impacts the Braves in this series, but I just wanted to mention that because that's a, that's a huge deal. He went out game one and, and, and tore something in his leg, went out and struck out two or three more batters, including Jose Altuve, before they pulled him, and then the news broke that he was out for the series. So that's really big news, and it's unfortunate to see because it's the World Series. You don't want to see a starting pitcher get hurt and not be able to go for the rest of the series, especially if they need him. So you hate to see it, but it's stuff you got to deal with in sports. And so Game 3 will be on Friday. That'll be tomorrow night at 7 o'clock Central Time, 8 o'clock Eastern, in Atlanta for Game 3. The Astros are going to start Louis Garcia, and the Braves are going to pitch Ian Anderson. So we'll see how that goes. Ian Anderson is a good pitcher for the Braves. In my opinion, he's kind of up and down. He's very inconsistent at times. When he's on, he's one of the best in baseball. But when he's not, he gets lit up quick. So we'll see if the Astros are able to to jump on him early or if he can go five, possibly six innings for the Braves. So that'll be tomorrow night. Braves and Astros, game three of the World Series. Braves hosting their first World Series game in 20-plus years. So I expect a sellout crowd. I expect it to be rocking and crazy. I expect the battery out there in Atlanta to be extremely packed and full. So I think, I think the city of Atlanta is going to be buzzing this weekend, having three straight games at home for the World Series. So that's going to be really, really cool to see. So we'll see how it goes from here. My prediction is Atlanta in seven. They're going to win it on the road in Houston. I think every team is going to win the next game. So no team is going to win two games in a row. So I think the Braves will win tomorrow night. Astros will win Saturday. Braves will win Sunday. They'll take a day to travel. Then the Astros will win game six to force game seven, and I think the Braves are going to win it in game seven in Houston to win their first World Series title in 20-plus years. That's my prediction. We'll see how it goes. I just hope it's a good series because it's been good so far. Well, that's going to wrap up number one of the big three. When we come back, we'll jump into number two and number three, previewing college football and the Packers and Cardinals tonight. You're listening to Moonlight Madness here on WGL 91.1 FM. Welcome back into Moonlight Madness here on Wiggle 91.1 FM. I'm Jacob Goins. We're in the heart of the Big Three, so let's jump into number two. College football this upcoming weekend. We got some good games going on. Big-time games in the Big Ten and the SEC, as well as some out in the Pac-12 on the West Coast. A lot of playoff implications going on this week. So I'm going to run through some of the matchups that I like. Some of the ones that are going to have the biggest impact this weekend. Some of the games you should probably be looking out for and all that good stuff. Maybe give you little predictions here and there. So let's jump into it. So to start out the day on Saturday, top 10 showdown right off the bat, 11 a.m. Central Time would be noon Eastern Time. Michigan, Michigan State. Michigan number 6 and Michigan State number 8. It's good to see Michigan State back up to be a competitive football program. They, um, they fell off there for a few years. Weren't really competitive at all. Had a couple losing seasons. But now they're back. They are doing what they do best and just competing in the Big Ten, running the football, and making it hard on Ohio State and Michigan, right? So Michigan, Michigan State on Saturday, first thing Saturday afternoon morning, and Michigan is looking good. This is one of the better-looking Michigan teams we've seen under Jim Harbaugh. They're undefeated so far, and they got to get through this test before – they go on and play Ohio State in about a month or so. So this is the first real big test we've seen Michigan have. They played Penn State, I believe, earlier in the season, and they handled business there. But this, I think this Michigan State team has got a lot to prove. They have, They have a lot of momentum. They're young, and they're good again. And so they're at home. It's Michigan at Michigan State on Saturday afternoon. So that's going to be a good one. Top 10 showdown, so keep your eye on that one. A big one in the SEC. Georgia, Florida. Always a huge rivalry game. They play every single year. And it's normally always a competitive battle. A lot of just a lot of passion in that in that rivalry down there between Georgia and Florida. Now Florida's fallen off a little bit this season. They are unranked right now. Georgia, of course, being the number one team in the country. But it's something that I thought was interesting was this is the first time that Georgia has been favored. By 14 or more to beat Florida when they play. So, Georgia's currently a 14 point favorite. And that's the first time that they, that's the biggest favorite they've ever been against the Gators. So, that just shows how close this matchup always is, or how much they predict it's going to be close. There's been blowouts here and there. But when these two teams get together, more likely than not, it's going to be a competitive game. It's going to be a physical game. And it's going to be close because these two teams and these two programs are very decorated, they're very good and they have a long history of being extremely good and hating each other. So this is a good matchup. I like this game. Georgia is just rolling right now. They look—they are the team to beat in college football as of right now. And Florida, kind of an up-and-down season, but they're not going to take this game lightly. They know what they can do. They know that they can really throw a wrench in Georgia's college football playoff hopes with this game on Saturday. So I look for that one to be competitive. And I'm not, sure, I'm not sure who I would take. I, Georgia money line, I guess. You know, Georgia's going to win the game, in my opinion. But I think Florida's going to make it interesting. And Florida's going to have to make it interesting, too. They're going to have to show up and believe that they can win that football game. Because Georgia right now looks unstoppable, especially on the defensive side of the ball. They look like nobody's going to be able to score on them, and they're going to be able to put up enough points to where it's not even going to matter. So Florida's got to be able to wake up, go to that game and feel like they actually have a chance. Because they do. If they play well enough, limit their turnovers, score the ball, and dominate time of possession, they do have a shot to win that game. So I I, I look for a competitive game. I look to see if Georgia can just go in there and get it done, whether they can limit the distractions of how big of a history this game has. But then on the other side, I look for Florida to get up and go into this game with a lot of confidence. And I think Dan Mullen's going to have his team ready. But I'll tell you what, Kirby Smart's going to have his team ready too. And Georgia's going to be extremely ready to go in here and get this thing done and move on to next week. So we'll see. That's going to be a huge game in the SEC, but I think it's going to be a good one on Saturday afternoon. This is an interesting one. Duke and Wake Forest. Now, not a lot of people would normally highlight a Duke and Wake Forest football game. But Wake Forest is the only undefeated team in the ACC right now. They're it. With Clemson not being good this year and the rest of the ACC just being down over the past four or five years, Wake Forest is currently undefeated and they're ranked number 13 in the country. Their QB, Sam Hartman, is playing out of his mind right now. And he's Wake Forest is doing what they got to do. They're playing the teams on their schedule. They're beating the teams on their schedule. And as of right now, they're at the top of their conference in the ACC. So they play Duke this weekend. And these two schools also have historic battles and historic rivalry between each other. And, I mean, it's really cool to see Wake Forest be good in football. That's not something we really get to see a whole lot. And as of right now, they are. They're good. And they, they're doing what they got to do. They're ranked, again, they're ranked 13 in the country. So keep your eye on Wake Forest. And what's going to be interesting is right now they're on a clear path to get to the ACC championship game. If they go on and win that ACC championship game and they're undefeated, who's going to keep them out? How, how could you tell them no that they can't make it into the college football playoff besides the argument of the ACC is not any good? That's the only argument. But it's going to be interesting. We're starting to get into those conversations now as we – near the end of October, get into November, of who's going to be in the college football playoff. The rankings, first rankings should be coming out here soon, in the next week or so, I think. And you're really going to start seeing all these conversations start up. And especially with Wake Forest, if they go on to beat everybody and they're undefeated in their conference, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard not to keep them out because they're undefeated and they won their conference championship and they're a Power 5 school. So just keep your eye on them. Wake Forest plays Duke on Saturday. Another big game in the Big Ten. Number 20 Penn State at number 5 Ohio State. And this has got a lot of media attention this week. Not even on the game itself, but on Penn State's head coach, James Franklin. He has been extremely distracted this week, if you will, with a lot of rumors going around about him possibly taking the Open USC job. We talked I believe it was my first show how USC fired Clay Helton and now they've been looking for a new head coach. And I believe I said James Franklin was one of those guys that could possibly take that job. And those talks have really heated up in the past week or so. And in an interview or a press conference with James Franklin, he he said multiple different things that were very questionable. He said he was focusing, him and his team were focusing on Illinois this week. But they don't play them till next week because they play Ohio State this week, and then he was asked about playing at Ohio State, and he said, and I, he said something along the lines of, "Yeah, playing at the big house is really tough, but Ohio State doesn't play at the big house; they play at the shoe because Michigan plays at the big house." So he had a few things that he said that were kind of confusing. Possibly could be distracted about some things. Again, this is all kind of just speculation about what he's distracted about but there's a very very strong feeling that he's been in the works to take the USC job I think he is I think he's going to I think he's going to take that USC job I think he has done incredible things at Penn State but then taking the USC job would just be another step up Penn State's a great program great football team and he's built that there but now I think he's going to take that USC job and I think he he just wants to do that so Look to see if he's focused on Saturday. Look to see how his team performs on Saturday. They're playing a good Ohio State team, an Ohio State team that's got a lot to prove after losing to Oregon in week two. So they're trying to do their best to get back into the playoff conversation. Number five team in the country, but look for that one, Penn State and Ohio State this weekend. And then, of course, all of you Auburn listeners out there, Auburn welcomes in number 10, Ole Miss. Auburn ranked number 18 in the country. Ole Miss, a top 10 team. Coming into Jordan-Hare Stadium on Saturday night, 6 o'clock kick. That'll be a good one. I'll talk about that one here in a little bit when we take a look around Auburn Athletics. But keep your eye on that one, folks. That's going to be a good game, I think. Auburn's got a real shot. And if Auburn can win that game, watch out, because Auburn's coming. It's going to wrap up number two. I'll jump into number three right here before we go to another break. So number three for the big three to wrap it up, Packers and Cardinals tonight on Thursday Night Football. And instead of going over all of the NFL coming up this week, and I really wanted to talk about this game tonight because it's the biggest game of the week, in my opinion, and it's on Thursday Night Football. But the thing about it is, there's a lot going on with these two teams. So as of right now, the Packers are 6-1, the top of the NFC North, and the Cardinals are 7-0, top of their division as well. But... The Packers are down a ton of players tonight. That game gets started at 7.20, so that game should have already probably kicked off. It has. That game has already kicked off two minutes into the first quarter. But the problem is the Packers are down a ton of players due to COVID-19 tracing. So at the beginning of the week, the Packers defensive coordinator came down with COVID. He tested positive for COVID-19. So obviously he had to go and be in quarantine and all the players are having to get tested. I believe they held one virtual practice today, or like virtual meetings and stuff like that. Or not today, but this week. And then it started coming out that more and more players were getting put on the COVID-19 watch list, where basically what that means is the teams or the league believes that they could have possibly contracted the COVID-19 virus. And so they put them on a watch list just in case, so they're not around any of the other players. They have to go in quarantine, they can't practice, they can't play. And so the Packers got hit by that hard. So all three of their starting wide receivers tonight for the Green Bay Packers are out. They're all on that COVID-19 watch list. None of them are hurt, but they're all on that COVID-19 watch list. So they could be perfectly healthy, but they can't play due to the COVID-19 tracing. So Devontae Adams, and then Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and Lazard are all out tonight for the Packers all three starting wide receivers are out for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers so that's tough and and the defensive coordinator is not coaching tonight for the Packers so the Packers have had a lot of it's not even injuries it's just people who can't play tonight so and that's a huge game this is two of the top teams in the NFL meeting tonight and the Packers just got hit by an unfortunate situation but on the other side of the ball Arizona They lost their star defensive player, J.J. Watt, this week. Apparently last week he suffered four different injuries in their game last Sunday. And he finished out the game and they won. But now he's going to have to go in and get surgery. I'm not even sure which one he's getting surgery on. He said he suffered four different injuries last week in the same game in the second quarter and finished out the entire game for the Cardinals to go on and win. But now the news came out this week from Adam Schefter that J.J. Watt is going to have to get surgery, and he's likely out for the remainder of the season. And you hate to see that just because J.J. Watt is so good, and the Cardinals are playing so good right now. They're top of the NFC overall. They're the best team in the NFC record-wise, 7-0. And so between J.J. Watt being hurt out for the season and all of the COVID-19 things going on with the Packers, there's a lot of star players that won't be playing tonight. But I look for that to still be a really good game I hope the Packers come out with it. As most of you know, I'm a huge Packers fan. But I saw something this week. Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers is 6-0 and without Devontae Adams. So even if Devontae Adams is on the team, if he hasn't played, the Packers are 6-0 and without him. I don't know if that's something to look into, but maybe so. Well, that's going to wrap up the Big 3 after this short break. We'll take a look around Auburn Athletics. You're listening to Moonlight Madness here on Weagle 91.1 FM. Welcome back to Moonlight Madness here on Wiggle 91.1 FM. I'm Jacob Goins on a chilly Thursday evening here in Auburn. Remember, Moonlight Madness is every Thursday from 7 to 8 p.m. right here on WGL 91.1 FM on WGLFM.com or wherever you get your podcast as it'll be uploaded right after the show. So now we're going to take a look around Auburn Athletics, talk about some Auburn football, soccer, and volleyball. So let's jump in. Auburn football, as I mentioned just a little bit ago, with a huge top 10 team coming in on Saturday night. Auburn will host top 10 Ole Miss Saturday night in Jordan-Hare Stadium. That game is at 6 o'clock Central Time. Auburn is currently ranked 18th in the country, Ole Miss at 10. So this is a huge game for Auburn because coming off the bye week last week, after beating Arkansas, a ranked Arkansas team on the road, Auburn took a bye week. And there's been some drama around Brian Harson and whether he's vaccinated or not. And the media just continuing to ask the question, are you vaccinated? And the reason it's important this week was because Auburn University released a mandate where all Auburn University employees, staff, student employees, everybody that works for the university must be vaccinated by December 8th or they could be subject to being fired. So the fact that Brian Harson has not yet answered that question concerns a lot of people. But he still refuses to answer it. He says that is a private matter. I'm not going to talk about it. And he said, let's just move on, because I don't want to talk about it anymore. So unfortunately, that's been a lot of the news around Auburn this week. Instead of a top-10 team coming in To Jordan Hare Stadium on Saturday night. My personal opinion: the question had to be asked, especially because that was released. That news was released on Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening from the university. So then, of course, the media had to ask on Monday, and possibly on Tuesday. But after you ask the exact same question so many times, and you get the exact same answer, move on. We can deal with this in December, because if he doesn't get it, he'll lose his job. And that's just how it goes. So whether he's got it or not right now, we don't know. Nobody has any idea except him. Maybe his family. But again, the question had to be asked. He keeps giving the same answer. So let's try to focus on football rather than whether he's vaccinated or not or going to lose his job. Because we'll find out soon enough whether he got it or not. Because he's got to prove it. And if he's not, he'll lose his job. Ultimately, I think he's going to get it. I don't think he would move all the way out here, take this huge job and risk losing it by not getting a vaccine. And again, I'm not, I'm not talking whether you should get it or not get it. I'm simply speaking on the fact of Brian Harson and the news being around Auburn this week of whether he has it or not. And it's important because of the mandate put in from Auburn university. So that's been the news around Auburn this week. But let's go po- let's go back to the football side of it because that's what we care about here. And so Auburn has a huge opportunity this weekend to get a big time win at home. They have number 10 Old Miss coming in Saturday night. Auburn's first SEC night game of the year. It's going to be chilly. It's only supposed to be like 55 degrees during the day and then it's going to get down in the 40s that night. So All the Auburn students and Auburn fans, bundle up because it's going to be chilly Saturday night. But do not leave because it gets cold. We had that problem last year, or two years ago, against Ole Miss. And that's not cool. We're not trying to leave in the third quarter because it's cold. You know it's going to be cold. So bundle up, get out there, and support this team. Because if Auburn can pick up this big win this Saturday, look out. Because this would be a huge win at home against a top-ten team And then they go and play Texas A&M next week, a struggling A&M team. And then Auburn would have, I believe, South Carolina and then Alabama. So if Auburn can beat Ole Miss this week, it's huge. That's a huge, huge win. And having it at home is even bigger because everybody knows that playing in Jordan-Hare Stadium is – extremely difficult it's one of the toughest places to play in college football so having that at home is a huge deal so Auburn will have Ole Miss this weekend they go to Texas A&M next weekend and then they're home from Mississippi State that was the game I was missing and then they go to South Carolina before welcoming in Alabama to Jordan-Hare Stadium November 27th for the Iron Bowl if you ask me if Auburn wins on Saturday against Ole Miss They'll beat the next three teams on their schedule before Alabama. So if Auburn wins on Saturday, they will be 6-2. and two. I think they win the next three games on their schedule. They'll be 9-2 and two going into that Iron Bowl. And th- whoever wins that will go to the SEC Championship game. We've seen that scenario before in the Iron Bowl. And we've seen how that plays out for Auburn when we play at home. We have 87,000 fans on our side. So we'll see. And it's going to be a tough game because Ole Miss can score some points. And we've seen already this season how Auburn's pass defense has definitely been a little shaky. The run defense has been solid. But the pass defense has been the biggest thing, in my opinion, that's just struggled. People just throw all over us. And I don't, I'm not really sure whether we're just not sticking to our assignments, whether we're just not having the right formation. But there's been guys that are running wide open all season. And so something's got to change because if Matt Corral plays Saturday night for Ole Miss, which I'm sure he will, he is going to have a field day if one, we don't cover and two, we've got to get quarterback pressure. I think I think that matchup is going to be what defines it. Ole Miss's offense versus Auburn's defense. Because I think Auburn's going to be able to score some points on Saturday. But can we keep up with Ole Miss? That's going to be the question. So Auburn and Ole Miss Saturday night, 6 o'clock Central Time, 7 o'clock Eastern Time. I believe the game is on ESPN, but it will be at home for Auburn and Jordan-Hare Stadium. Expect a packed house, and it's going to be a good game. If Auburn can win this game, look out, because they're coming if they win this. They're going to beat the next three teams on their schedule, but it starts on Saturday night. So jumping into Auburn soccer, currently ranked number 19 in the country in their last two games this past week. Uh, last Thursday night, again, I was not live due to a soccer broadcast. Auburn hosted the number four team in the country, the Arkansas Razorbacks. They lost that game. A uh, tough loss for Auburn soccer. They were really looking to try and, and get that win to seal the deal in the SEC West. But they then went on the road on Sunday afternoon and forced a tie with the number 13 team, Ole Miss. So as of right now, Auburn is number, number 19 in the country. They actually are playing Alabama tonight in soccer. They are on the road for the Iron Bowl of soccer. And the current score of that is still at zero. They're at the 34th minute of the first half, and that game is tied at zero. Again, Auburn and Alabama in soccer. So that is the last game of the regular season for Auburn soccer. And then the SEC tournament will begin this Sunday on Halloween down in Orange Beach. So that will be a week-long tournament. If Auburn can go on a pretty good run in that tournament and put on a good showing, they should still be on track to host the first round of the NCAA tournament. So their first NCAA game, tournament game would be held over the Auburn soccer complex. I think they're still on track to do that. So hopefully they can get a win tonight, make a good run in the SEC tournament, and get that NCAA tournament bid and host that first game. Because that would be really big. Because Auburn playing at home is – It's really good for soccer, and I think that would be really, really cool for Auburn soccer to be able to host an NCAA tournament game. So they're still on track to do that. And again, Auburn playing Alabama on the road tonight, tied at zero in the 34th minute. And for Auburn volleyball, they are coming off a road trip to Athens where they split two games with Georgia. They won the first night and then lost the second night. Their next game is tomorrow night in Auburn Arena against LSU. That'll be just a one match, a one match day. You know, a lot of the games or a lot of the schedule this season has been they play the same team twice, two days in a row, but this game versus LSU is just one day. They just have the one match against them. And if you're in Auburn, I really recommend that you go out and see this game for a couple of reasons. One, Auburn volleyball is they're good. Okay, they're they're they are a good team this year. They have made drastic improvements from years past. Head coach Brent Crouch in his second season is making huge strides. I think he's got this program on the rise. So, if you want to go watch a good volleyball team, go tomorrow night and watch this team play OSU. Number two, they're having a lot of giveaways for students and fans. They've got all kinds of T they've got a, I think they have a TV and some and a pair of airpods and all kinds of cool stuff like that so they're doing all kinds of giveaways for fans and students so if you're a fan or a student in Auburn go and then right after the game Auburn men's basketball team is doing an open scrimmage so if you go to the volleyball game and you stay you get to see the first look at our top 25 basketball team do a little scrimmage they're gonna have a dunk contest and all that good stuff so I definitely recommend that you go first to the volleyball game. It's at 6 o'clock tomorrow night over in Auburn Arena. And then stay afterwards to get your first look at the Auburn men's basketball team, who tips off in a little under two weeks now. So if you're in Auburn, I highly recommend that you go, watch the volleyball team, and then watch the men's basketball team do a little scrimmage. But if you're not in Auburn and you cannot go to the volleyball game, you can listen to that right here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I will be on color as Aiden Kowalski will be on play-by-play for that game tomorrow night. So me and Aiden will be calling that volleyball game. And we expect a packed house tomorrow night due to the volleyball and the basketball teams both being there and playing. So if you're in Auburn, I recommend that you go. But if you can't, you can listen right here on WGL 91.1 FM. We'll go on about 545. The game will be at 6. So that's going to do it for around Auburn Athletics. When we come back, I'm going to give you some live score updates and around the country for NFL, college football, hockey. And I'll give you another update on Auburn and Alabama soccer. You're listening to Moonlight Madness here on Weagle 91.1 FM. Welcome back in to Moonlight Madness here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I'm Jacob Goins, the host of this show here on Weagle. It's every Thursday from 7 to 8 p.m right here on Wego 91.1 FM. We are entering the final 15 minutes of the show. So I'm going to give you some live score updates around the country for football, hockey, basketball, and some Auburn soccer. So, starting with college football, there are two games on tonight. Troy and Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina is currently up 21 to 7 on Troy about halfway through the second quarter. Another game on tonight, South Florida visiting East Carolina. South Florida currently up fourteen to six over East Carolina, late in the second quarter. That NFL game, that huge Thursday night matchup in the NFL, Green Bay and Arizona currently tied at zero halfway through the first quarter. Moving on to some NHL scores for you tonight. Some hockey. You got the Arizona Coyotes and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Tampa Bay up four to zero at the end of the second period. The Calgary Flames and the Pittsburgh Penguins, the Flames are up 1-0 at the end of the second. The Boston Bruins and the Carolina Hurricanes, Hurricanes are currently up 2-0 at the end of the second. Colorado Avalanche and the St. Louis Blues, the Blues are up 1-0 nearing the end of the first period. Bunch more games to go off tonight. The Flyers and the Canucks will play the Sabres and the Ducks, the Wild and the newly Seattle Kraken. The Winnipeg Jets and the LA Kings and the Canadiens and the Sharks were all still scheduled to play tonight. I'll run you through some NBA scores real quick. It's nice to have some more sports going on when we do the live score updates. I can give you guys all kinds of scores going on around the country. So in the NBA, 76ers currently on top of the Pistons, 76-64, nearing the end of the third quarter. The Wizards and the Hawks, Wizards are up 99-86 at the end of the third The Knicks are on top of the Bulls, 39-35 in the second quarter. The Jazz all over the Rockets in the second quarter, 38-22. Spurs and Mavericks just getting started, 11-1 Spurs early in the first. And one more game to go off tonight, the Memphis Grizzlies visiting the Golden State Warriors. That game will be at 9 o'clock Central Time. And an update on that Auburn and Alabama soccer game, it is still currently tied at zero in the 42nd minute in Tuscaloosa. That was your live score update. We're going to move into what are the odds. So what are the odds? We're going to run through some college football and NFL betting lines for the upcoming weekend. If you've been here before, you kind of know how this works. But if you're, if you're new here, first time listening, I'll give you just a quick rundown of kind of what we do and what everything means. So we're going to run through college football and NFL betting lines for the upcoming weekend. And so what we talk about is if you take – We'll talk about the game that's going on right now in college football Troy and Coastal Carolina. So, Coastal Carolina was a minus 17 point favorite over Troy, which means the betters in Vegas believe that Coastal Carolina was going to win by 18 points or more. They think they're going to, or excuse me, they're going to win by 17 points or more against Troy. So, if you put money on that, they have to win by 18 or more for you to win. But Troy is a plus 17 underdog. So, if you put money on Troy, They can either win or lose by up to 17 points, and you would still win. So Coastal Carolina, pretty big favorite. The money line was minus 900 for Coastal Carolina, and Troy was plus 600, which means Coastal Carolina is a huge favorite. So when the number is minus whatever that number is, that's how much money you have to put on it to win $100. So Coastal Carolina minus 900, you'd have to put $900 on Coastal Carolina. To win $100 and they'd have to just win outright but for Troy if you just have a feeling that they're going to win you can put $100 to win $600 when that's plus the number you put $100 to win that number and then the total that's what the betters in Vegas think the two teams are going to score combined the over under for that game was 50 points tonight so you can either if you think they're going to score more you can put money on the over if you think they're going to score less you can put money on the under so that's kind of how the betting works just a quick run through so we're going to start with we'll start with college and then we'll move to the NFL. I just want to say last week we've been I've been keeping up with my bets and my record so far here on the show last week I went four and two I had three picks in college, three picks in the NFL. I went four and two overall and so now my overall record since I've started keeping track is 11 and five so that's pretty good. I'm 11 wins, five losses. so if you're looking to make some money, I guess you can listen to me and because I'm doing pretty good. I'm in the positives right now. So overall records eleven and five. I've got my official picks for the night. I've got three in college, three in the NFL. I will give them to you as we go. But let's start with college. So tonight I already talked about Troy of Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina is a 17-point favorite with a over-under of 50 in that game. South Florida and East Carolina tonight as well. East Carolina is a minus nine and a half point favorite with a total of 55 and a half. Couple games tomorrow night, Friday night college football. Tulsa and Navy, Navy or excuse me, Tulsa is eleven is eleven. Wow, excuse me, eleven point favorite over Navy with an over under of forty seven points. UNLV in Nevada, Nevada is a twenty and a half point favorite with a over under of fifty eight. So they'd have to win by three touchdowns. Nevada would if you put money on the spread. And then some of the bigger games. On Saturday, Michigan-Michigan State, that top 10 showdown in East Lansing. Michigan is a four-point favorite over Michigan State. And that's going to be my first official pick of the night. I'm going to take Michigan minus four against Michigan State. I think it's low scoring. I think it's a, com- a close competitive game. But I do think Michigan gets it done. I think they could win by six or seven points. So I take Michigan minus four against Michigan State as my first official pick of the night. Couple more games: Baylor in Texas. Baylor is a two and a half point favorite over Texas at minus one forty on the money line. Over/under in that game is sixty one and a half. So those those Pac twelve games always have a a big total because they score a lot of points. Some other games for you on Saturday: Georgia, Florida. We talked a lot about that one. Georgia, as I mentioned, is a fourteen point favorite, the biggest favorite they've ever been over Florida, and they're in their history, and uh, the total there is 51 points. It seems kind of like a lot, especially with Georgia's defense, so maybe keep your eye on that one. I'm not making an official pick on that, but keep your eye on that total there in Georgia and Florida. Some more games for you. Ole Miss and Auburn for all you Auburn fans out there. Auburn is currently, it opened up as a two-point favorite, but that has since moved. It is now Auburn a minus-three favorite over Ole Miss at home on Saturday. And here's my thing. If, if you can get it at minus two somewhere, I say you take it. I think Auburn could win this thing. It could be by a field goal, folks. So if you can get Auburn minus two somewhere, jump on it. Because if they, if they win by three, you win. But if you can't get it at minus two, just get Auburn at the money line at minus 140. I like Auburn to win this game. They're at home, top ten team at night. Auburn's going to win this game. So if you can get minus two, take it. If not, take the money line. That's my second official pick of the night in college. I'm going to give you a couple more here. Kentucky and Mississippi State, another big game in the SEC. A lot of people think Kentucky possibly on an upset alert. I don't buy it. Give me Kentucky money line. I don't care what it is. That's my third official pick. Kentucky money line, they win that game. They're not on upset alert. Kentucky's too good. And a couple more. Penn State and Ohio State. Ohio State, huge favorites on the road. Minus 18.5 with a total of 61 points. And one more in college. North Carolina and Notre Dame. That's a good game. Notre Dame is a 3.5 point favorite with a total of 62.5. I like the under in that one. Not an official pick, but I like the under in that game just for fun. So, moving on to the NFL real quick. Before we wrap up, I've got a few official picks in this one. So, the game going on right now in the NFL Thursday Night Football. Packers and Cardinals. You've got the Cardinals, who are six-point favorites over the Packers tonight. Uh, that line moved a bunch when when everybody found out that the Packers weren't going to have their three starting receivers, their defensive coordinator. That line moved quite a bit. So the Cardinals were favored by six. They are currently up 7 nothing at the first quarter. Just a little update for you. I actually have the Packers plus six in that game. I know it's a bold pick. They're out a lot of players, but I like the Packers plus six in that game, so that's my fourth official pick of the night, Packers plus six on the road. And then on to Sunday, Dolphins and Bills. The Bills are 14-point favorites over the Dolphins. Dolphins are just all over the place with Tua Tungabailoa, and Buffalo is just playing extremely well. I always always am weary of the double-digit favorites. We had a couple of them win last week and cover, but um, so there's another one for you in case you're interested in that. Panthers and the Falcons. The Falcons are currently three-point favorites over the Panthers with a total of 46.5. Eagles and Lions. The Eagles are three-and-a-half-point favorites over the struggling Detroit Lions with a total of 48 points. Titans and Colts. Colts are currently minus one-and-a-half on the spread with an over-under of 51. I'm going to make my second official pick for the NFL. I like the Titans' money line against the Colts. I got it at plus 110 right now. I like the Titans to win that game outright. So give me Titans money line. And also my third official pick was back in that Panthers and Falcons game. I've got the over 46.5. So Panthers and Falcons over 46.5 points. I think that's a shootout there in Carolina. So those are my three official picks. I'll give you a few more before I run through them one more time. Rams and Texans. Rams are 14.5 point favorites. Yet again, another double digit favorite. The Bengals and the Jets. Cincinnati, top of the AFC right now in the NFL. Cincinnati, 10.5-point favorite over the Jets with a total of 43. Steelers and Browns, big NFC North matchup. Cleveland, 3.5-point favorites with a total of 42.5. And I'll try to give you one more. Patriots and Chargers. Chargers are 4.5-point favorites over New England with a total of 49.5, so a lot of points projected there in New England. And then the Sunday night game, Cowboys and Vikings. Vikings are currently two-and-a-half-point favorites over Dallas on the road with a total of 53-and-a-half. That's a lot of points there in Dallas. So my six official picks for the night before I sign off, the three in college. I have Michigan minus four versus Michigan State. I have Auburn. If you can get minus two, get it. If not, take a money line. And then Kentucky money line. And then in the NFL, I like the Packers plus six right now as they are playing in Arizona. I like Atlanta Carolina over 46.5 points, and I like the Tennessee Titans' money line versus the Indianapolis Colts. So we'll see how I do. I'm 11-5 overall so far. We'll see how I can do on these six picks this week. Well, that's going to wrap up What Are the Odds, and that's also going to wrap up Moonlight Madness. It's been a great show. Thank you all for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Again, my name is Jacob Goins. This is Moonlight Madness on Wiggle 91.1 FM. You can listen to my show live every Thursday from 7 to 8 p.m. right here on WGL 91.1 FM. WiggleFM.com, or you can listen to us a podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'll see you next week. War Eagle. Thanks for listening to Moonlight Madness. Tune in next Thursday at 7 right here on Wiggle 91.1 FM Auburn. If you ever miss a show, just search Moonlight Madness on your podcast app of choice. Tune in next time for Moonlight Madness Thursdays at 7 right here on Wiggle 91.1 FM.